episode 45. This is Chad Bitten with Rich Howe and Collinwood, and we just got done watching the Preds drop game one of their playoff series with the Carolina Hurricanes. Tough stuff right now. We're all struggling. It was a uh, they had our hopes up. We thought we, we thought we had a chance there, and then the the bottom just fell out in the third period. How are we doing, Rich and Colin? How are we doing tonight? Disappointed. Yeah. Very disappointed. It felt more self-inflicted, and we'll get into it, but yeah, it was frustrating, yeah, to say the least. Definitely. I agree with the self-inflicted. Yes. Very, very self-inflicted. Uh, I felt like it was there for the taking. It was there, and we always talk about it. Underdogs, if you can steal game one on their home territory, mm-hmm. it's a big statement, and I felt like the Preds had it. We're going to really get into the game more in depth. But again, this is uh, episode 45 of the Catfish and Ice podcast brought to you by DraftKings. We are a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go follow the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet. And in tonight's episode, we of course are going to dive into this game. We're going to analyze it, give you our takeaways, what we think about it. We're going to talk about the adjustments that quickly need to be made for Game 2 on Wednesday. And we're going to get into this lineup. It's the hot topic right now. Preds fans, they are fired up right now and they should be absolutely we we talked about this in episode 44 go back and listen to it we got into this we dedicated a whole segment to talking about the playoff lineup and john hines rolled out a lineup that shocked a lot of people uh one player in particular was left out that we're going to talk about i think you already know who we're talking about so that's how we're going to wrap up this episode lucas yeah Yeah. oh get yeah, Get Lucas, getting it in time. early. <laughs> getting it in yeah. early. All so, right, yeah, one, one player, into- one guy was missing, and three were put together that shouldn't have been. There you That's go. Fair. Before we get into it, we're presented by DraftKings, and it's about playoff time. And not only hockey, but also in NBA. We've got the NBA playoffs coming up. It's a great time of year to be a sports fan. We've got all of our sports back. It's awesome. You turn on your TV, there's sports everywhere. It's a great feeling to have. It's awesome for all of us diehard sports fans. And right now, we've got an awesome deal for you on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All you got to do is go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the overhitting. So tell your friends and family this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in Indiana or Pennsylvania. Restrictions apply. Max $25 wager. One per customer. Offer ends May 23rd, 2021. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for detail details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And that is, of course, when we're talking about the NBA playoffs coming up. Hammer the over, get all your friends in on it, lower those odds, and win some money. So go have a lot of fun with Daily Fantasy, all the stuff on the DraftKings Sportsbook app with our promo code THPN. Just got done watching the game, and the final score is 5-2. to two, Preds lose. They give up an empty net goal there at the end. Not going to really take any stock into that. They pulled UC Soros there trying to figure something out. But this was just a game that drives you crazy. Because it was there for the taking. I feel like the Hurricanes did not play their best game. 
No. I, no, I, and we didn't either, obviously. But the Hurricanes, they are capable of playing way better than they played. We hung with them. We had a chance to steal one, and we let it slip away. We couldn't get into the zone. It was a train wreck. And uh, the power play, you know, the power play was a mess. And so uh, that those are my two initial thoughts on the game. Uh, let's start with Colin here. Colin, give us your initial thoughts, then we'll go to Rich. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely frustrating to see some of the mistakes that were made. Um, we had no we had no zone entries. The forecheck was not very good, other than maybe like an Alexander carry. And then surprisingly, I have to I I'm gonna I'm trying not to throw up on air here, but Good <laughs> Branson had a good game. I'll, I'll say it. He did. Like out of all the out of all the defensemen. Solid effort, and, and really, what was frustrating to me is our top pair. Josie and Ellis struggled tonight. It oh, was yeah. very, it was very abnormal for those two to struggle the way they struggled. Um, for us, I think my big one of my biggest frustrations uh, was the lineup part of it, but also not only who wasn't in the lineup, but who was on the lineup and not utilized. The fact that we play, we're playing a team as talented as Carolina is. And our best skater, I'm, I'm going to say it. I know it's going to you know, piss off some listeners, but our best skater, who I would say is Matt Duchesne, is the person with the lowest amount of ice time. Mm-hmm. That that seems unacceptable to me, especially in your clutch moments where you need someone to create a play. He's your playmaker. He got a point tonight in a limited amount of time. And so it's one of those things where it's frustrating to see him be underutilized. And we've all been critics of him. We've, you know, we know that a lot of our listeners have been critics of him, but he's looked very good as of late. And I, I don't see what he did that would have earned him, you know, a spot on the bench for longer periods of time than anybody else, especially when we need something to happen to break through. But, you know, we were in it for a long time. It was tough to watch, you know, especially because there were some good efforts. We saw a Forsberg goal, which is great. We know we need him to get back into form. Our boy Hollow, like he, he's turned it around. I gotta tip my cap to him again because he's just playing great hockey. Um, but you know, every, everything else, as far as everything else kind of goes, it, it just broke down. There were times where sorrow. Speaking of, uh, real quick before Rich goes, speaking of ice time, Colin, I'm looking over the ice time right here uh, from the game. Matt Duchesne only logged 10 minutes and 38 seconds of ice time. Yep. I mean, that's like that's that stands out. T- Tanner Janot only got 9:27 of ice time. Very limited time. Olivier, 11.25. These are fourth-line guys, so you expect those times to be low. Cali Yarncroke only had 12.53 of ice time. Um, so, yeah, it was just – it was a really hard game to watch, even though the Preds had a chance to win it. They were there going into the third period. It was still a very, very difficult game to watch. Not pretty at all, but they still yeah. had a chance. Uh, Rich, yeah. give us your thoughts. So, yeah, they the Predators did not spend enough time in their own – on the offensive zone – um, they let Carolina just have their way with them and they just couldn't get the puck out. That's one area. You had guys not stepping up. Victor Arvidsson really didn't do much of anything. The herd line, well, I guess the 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 first herd line with Olivier in there, they really didn't do anything. Cunning didn't do anything. Yossi got clamped down on and couldn't do anything. It was just I'm surprised that they hung with them with, with when you look at the stats, I'm surprised that they hung with them as long as they did truthfully, because it's just nobody was yeah. doing anything. And the eye test alone shows us like they've been better before. And mm-hmm. really when, when you're watching some of the plays, like some of it's just mental lapses. And then even yep. some of the things like even Yossi not clearing the puck out of the zone, or at least putting it into the corner, you know, the corner of the ice, like, it sets us up. It sets us up for some situations where it was that it was us being ourselves more than them having to beat us. We didn't make it challenging for them. And yep. if we had played our style of hockey the way we played the last few months, or even the last two two games against them, we could have seen a lot well, better. Let's talk but about I just, yeah. 
Let's talk about the first. Let's talk about the first three goals that Carolina scored because I feel like those are the ones that really stood out. First one, a weird deflection. You take it. It's what it is. What it is. These things happen. Yeah. Um, it is what the it is. One. Kane's tied it now. Now stall, stall. That goal he scored was just a butte. That thing. You. I. I, I said. It, I said it. I just. I, I basically said. Tip your cap. What a goal. He's a great player. He fooled Soros. He went top shelf. You again. So you're down again. Preds tied. Eric Holla ties it. Uh, despite not being able to get many shots on goal. And it's just like, okay, you're in it. You're going into the third period. How long can you tread water? Can you somehow figure out a way to get one more goal? And can Soros carry you over the finish line? But it just didn't happen. They didn't have any gas left in the tank. You can't You can't make it three periods playing that way most likely and win yeah. against a team like the Hurricanes. That that kind of that kind of play that that kind of play might work against the Red Wings. It might work against the Columbus Blue Jackets. It might even work against the Dallas Stars. It's not going to work very often against the Carolina Hurricanes, and it didn't work tonight. And I would say three of the goals that they got, with the exception of the stall one that was top corner, you know, you can you can say what you want. I think UC's our guy to start, obviously, and he played a great game. To be honest, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the scoreboard doesn't say it, but he played a good game. If he was a little taller, he might have gotten that stall one, but. What are you going to do? If we give up one goal per game, that's reasonable. The other three, though, were screens, and it wasn't screens by just Hurricanes. Like We did mm-hmm. Soros no favors by blocking his vision and allowing them to get screenshots on us and their fellow players. I mean, it's just one thing. It's one thing if they're going to set up a screen, but it's another thing when our defense is helping him out. And instead of touching up the puck, getting rid of it, you know, poke-checking or getting it out of the zone or even putting it into the corner, we're just letting them you know, still get some sloppy shots that UC can't see, and they go in. So it's frustrating because I feel like if we'd given you know if we'd given UC a good line of vision, he would have been so much better. And so that's just tough to to bear and, and to go through that. But you know, it is what it is. It's one of those things where you know there's there's that part of it, and then there's the lineup part of it, which we'll get to. But um, so, uh, we just got to figure it out. Let me let me uh, let me gauge your uh, confidence level here, guys. One to ten, ten being you're still very confident. One being you're not confident at all. Where's your confidence level right now going into game two on the Preds still being able to win this series, pull off the upset? I'll give you my answer first. Um, going into the series, I was already like saying Canes and six, which to be honest, that's not that I'm not I'm not predicting a, a wipeout like we have no chance. When you're predicting Canes and six, you're still giving the Preds a decent shot. My confidence that we can actually make this a competitive series and still pull off an upset and prove me wrong. After tonight's game, it really hasn't changed that much. Honestly, my confidence level is still the same. It's still pretty low. I'm still sitting down there around a three or maybe a four. It didn't change. It didn't go down. It it didn't go up. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, how do you think, Rich? Did it change? I'm probably. I'm still pretty hopeful. It just depends on what they do with the lines. I, that was the most disappointing of the night was when they rolled the lines out. And I know we're going to probably talk about it for a long time, but. I just it, it just boggles my mind that he did that. And if he makes the right adjustments, I think they do have a chance. They hung with him for a long time. They did dodge a bullet with the penalties. They committed way too many penalties. But fortunately – Hey, fortunately, the penalty kill yeah. stepped up. The penalty kill played yep. well tonight. We got to give well, him credit yeah. there. But, and, but and like I, I said, they, they did dodge a bullet with that. that you know, too many penalties. You just Kane, can't give them – uh, 
Kane's power play went 0 for 5 tonight. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't, I haven't said, and what I've run my, uh, my recent, most recent article for Predlines, the report card. Since March 16th, Nashville has the number eight power play in the NHL, and it looked like it tonight. It looked probably even yep. better than that. Then, and if you consider as far as like a power play in the past, like it's not been a top 10 unit for us in many, many years as far as penalty kill, power play, especially teams across the board, we've not been top 10 across the board. So the penalty kill, you know, being in where it is now on the season because we had such a rough start. What's crazy to me is March 16th onward, we are top 10 in the power play. We're eighth, but for the season, we're 29th still. So yeah. that's how bad the start to the season was for us. But the penalty kill has made strides. That is probably our most improved unit in terms of where we started versus where we are now. And it looks like it tonight because that's the number one power play in the NHL. And we shut it down, not, you know, not a couple times, but five times. So that really kept us in the game. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating with who got ice time, who didn't. It's frustrating with who was in the lineup, who was out. Mm-hmm. I call me an optimist. I'm going to still say presence. I'm going to say presence seven. I'm going to hedge, hedge, hedge my bet a little bit. I want to see a seven-game series. All it takes is you got you got to steal one at home. I think the next one. The reason I say it, I kind of there's some method in my madness. So I think that it's one thing when like a guy like uh, Eric Halla or Luke Cunning has a bad game, and, and that's you know that is what it is. It's another thing when your captain has a bad game. Mm-hmm. Ro- yeah. Roman Yossi Roman did not have a bad not, game. It was not his best game. Yeah, he, he had, sorry, he had, he had a bad game. And I think that what's going to happen is he's going to respond and the team is going to see that and they're going to respond. And so uh, I'm, I'm hoping for and somewhat banking on the team coming out very angry on, on Wednesday and Roman Yossi leading the charge with, I think you remember, I think Yossi's going to get a goal and we'll just say three, two Preds on Wednesday. Call, call on your That's shot. Good. Call, call on your shot. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. So, so I, I, go ahead, Rich, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick that, um, you know, the um, – I lost my train of thought. Go ahead. <laughs> I totally had what I was going to say. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Well, Go hey, right we'll come back to you. You got, you, you got plenty of time in this episode to remember that yeah. thought. Uh, what I was going to say is there's this is not all doom and gloom here. Like 5-2 final score. Don't read into the final score here. You got to think about where the Preds were going into the third period. It was two to two. I don't think either team was playing their best game, to be quite honest. But no, it was two to no. two. You were hanging with them. You were your penalty kill was playing great, keeping you in the game. There are things you can correct going into Wednesday, and you can build off of. So this think, is not all doom and gloom. I, I don't think we should be panicking and saying, "Oh, see, I told you so. I knew they shouldn't have. This was all a waste, and they don't belong." <laughs> no, I'm not thinking that at all. There are no. people out there already saying that, by the way. But well, I, I'm it, not on that train at all. Well, and you make a really good point about, you know, as far as like the things that are correctable, like that's the thing is all of our shortcomings tonight are correctable. They can be things that we fix. We've shown we fixed them in the past. We got to put it together. That's really what it is. We got to clean it up. We got to make sure that we come out playing a clean game of hockey. We can't take that many penalties. We got to be better in the neutral zone, but it's all things that we've shown we can fix. And we've shown that we've done it in the past. Well, they just have to do and it. And even, even if you kill all those penalties off, it still disrupts your momentum. It still disrupts yes. your offensive flow. And when you're a team like the Preds who already struggles to get shots on goal and you're having trouble getting into the zone and setting up, when you're constantly killing all those penalties off, it just makes it that much harder. It wears your team out. It tires mm-hmm. your guys out. That also affects your uh, time on ice. That's one of the reasons why I think you're seeing some of this uh, skewed uh, ice time is – you had your penalty kill unit out there for so long tonight. So that's part of it as well. 
So you clean up your penalties. You uh, you we're about to talk about it more in depth, but you got to make some lineup adjustments. We'll discuss what we think needs to be done. Of course, we're armchair GMs here. We're not saying we're better <laughs> off than what uh, David Poyle and John Hines are. It's our guy Max Ritz. He always talks about it. The easiest job in the world is is us fans sitting here t- sure. saying what the GMs and coaches should do. And uh, we love our guy Max Ritz, and he says that all the time, and he's absolutely right. But we're still going to do it. We're That's still right. going to sit we're here and do it, it either way. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, so but, uh, we, we got a job to do too. <laughs> That's right. We do have a job. I kind of, I kind of remember what I was going to say. So they started off playing really physical, and then I think Carolina <laughs> up up their physicality, and they just didn't hang. They they couldn't hang with them, and they just didn't. Uh, they weren't consistent. The Predators weren't. Well, is one thing. The well, other let's thing, talk about this. Fi- yeah, go ahead. Well. Real quick, let's talk about this physical play you just brought up, Rich. Yep. Listen to these hit numbers. They sound fake. They don't even sound real. No, right? 56, hit, 56 hits for the Hurricanes, 49 hits for the Predators. Yep. That's just like – should have don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling don't. you, watching the game, watching the game, you definitely saw it. I mean, they were laying yeah. each other out left and right. Yeah. It was just uh, – I mean, it wasn't pulling each other over. Thing. It wasn't the Florida Tampa Bay, yeah. but it was still really physical. No. It, or the apparently no, the no. Uh, the Blues and uh, Avalanche because they started out with uh, oh, throwing fists right away, right? Yeah, right from the rip. But I could see it getting to that point. I think these guys oh. already didn't like each other throughout the season. Yeah. Um, I think Hall. If you, I think if Nick Cousins was in the lineup, we'd oh, probably yeah. see a fight tonight. I, the only reason I think that we we kind of played a little bit cleaner. I mean, we still beat the crap out of each other. But if Nick Cousins is in there, there's that psychological piece. Um, I don't think he will see the lineup necessarily, but the, these teams don't like each other. I, I'm yeah. looking forward to some more aggressive play. And I mean, honestly, like the hits that we were taking were clean hits. I would say that we were probably the cleaner hitting team. Just we we have some big buys, especially Tanner Janot, but they had some pretty rough, pretty cheap, pretty cheap shots. I will I will say that part. It was pretty rough. Yeah. I, 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 I it's kind of weird that they were given like Boo and Hala. I'm like. He, you traded him like it's not his fault. He didn't leave or anything. It's kind of weird. That was really strange. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, how did yeah. he hurt you? Like, yeah, that was no, weird. Like, whatever, you know. And then at the end, I think next game is going to be more physical because I think Harper was like, how, how can it be more? Guys. Rich, Rich, how could it be more physical? Well, I, mean, I don't know. But you're I right. Think it's gonna, it, it, it probably will be though. It probably will. I think be, it's though. gonna. You're right. I think it's gonna break down to just like some fist fights because Harper was like skating around trying to get to some guys at the end after the whistle or after the horn. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's good. they're going to fight. One other That's thing I was going to say about the Predators, um, they need to clean up their power play like immediately. And I know we're going to talk about somebody who can help in the lineup hopefully, but like it's bad. Well, cleaning I mean, it's up, horrible. Clean, cleaning, cleaning up is an understatement. They yeah, need to completely so. – Tear down, rip apart whatever it is they have as a power play, and build build fresh. And that's not re- now is not really a good time to be doing that in the middle mm-hmm. of the playoffs. But uh, I don't know what else they can do. I mean, I don't see them winning more than maybe one game in this series, and that's only if UC Sorrow steals a game for us. I don't see them winning more than one game in this series if they don't start connecting yeah. on the power play. Like it's just, I mean, I mean they couldn't even, was it? It was couldn't even the- get set up. I, w- I wouldn't even call it a power play. I'd call it five-on-four hockey because they lived in our offensive zone. I mean, oh, yeah. the chances they had was ridiculous. But, no, I think I, I definitely want to see us. You know, I think it, we're going to – I think we really could actually up the physical game. I don't know if it's going to translate next, you know, necessarily to more hits. Maybe those hits are a little bit harder next game. 
Um, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm calling for like a, you know, I don't want us to make the uh, Rangers and Capitals look like a <laughs> session, but you know, I do want to see some harder hits because I'm going to, I'm going to say, I think that we were pulling our punches a little bit and I don't think they were, mm-hmm. I think they were throwing some more nasty, nasty hits other than, you know, the Forsberg stick kind of being careless and, um, you know, going for a little bit of teeth there. Other than that, we didn't really, our hits were clean. I think we got to kind of match what their intensity level is, but also be married that they're going to be playing dirty. But mm. no, I mean the power play, I mean, it's just so it's so depressing because yeah. the zone entries are bad, and then when you do get in the zone, you turn it over, and then when you turn it over, they get sustained offense. You should a team should not get four on five sustained offense in our offensive zone, and the fact that we just we don't stop it, we don't clear the puck, we don't create some sort of you know some sort of counter to that is just not acceptable. No, the big yeah the biggest problems the zone entries is what I'm saying is they can't get in the zone to yeah. start with. And so uh, that's that's a good point there. Uh, so I'm sure that's the top priority they're trying to work on right now, just as I'm sure they've been trying to work on it for – I'm not sure if it's fixable, to be quite honest. I'm just going to put that out there. But um, let's, uh, let's wrap up the instant reaction here and get into um, – some more things about Wednesday's game. Let's look ahead now. Let's let's think more. Let's not dwell on this loss too much because it is just one game. It's best of seven. It's not the end of the world. Um, the goal is to split in Carolina and get back to Nashville uh, with that crowd, that Bridgestone Arena, Arena crowd rocking. If you come back with the split, then – so it's still in front of us. This, this, there's no reason to lose all hope or anything like that. But we do have to start yeah. thinking about – let's start thinking about game two here. Well, and I, I got to add the side note in. I love that NBC, man. Thank good riddance. I'm so glad that this is the last one to watch of NBC's <laughs> coverage because yeah. it, it was like the, this raucous crowd in Carolina. I'm like, have you been to Bridgestone Arena? Like, no, right? Our, our, our 12,000 fans are going to make their 12,000 fans sound like a golf It crowd. was quiet. It sounded like, it really sounded like a quiet crowd. No offense to the Carolina fans. Oh, no but, offense. Uh, maybe I'm biased. Offense. But it, it did not. Offense. I mean, it, it sounded pretty weak. But hey, your team yeah. still got to win. You still got a great team to cheer for. So we'll give you that. All right, this is episode forty-five of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Before we move on to the next episode or to the next uh, segment, episode forty-five, I gotta really let you guys know. So I went out on the lake today, uh, spent some time getting ready for game one. Was out in the sun. Sun's got me yeah. wore out right now. Uh, got ready for this game. Uh, ha- try to get the good vibes flowing, you know, thinking about Pre- the Preds game one. It was an awesome day out out, out on the lake, on Percy Priest Lake with the sun shining and stuff. So um, everyone out there who's uh, getting ready for the summer and stuff, uh, hope you're enjoying your time. Hope you're having a good time uh, staying safe out there. We appreciate you listening to episode 45. How would you guys uh, enjoy, uh, spend your weekends? Uh, I, you know, it wasn't really that eventful. Eventful, I actually downloaded uh, NHL 21 because it was on discount. No, so there you go. Deli- it's a tough the, game. The del- that game is tough. It is. It is. And there's especially if you go with like the standard controls. But uh, the the deluxe edition, which is normally like 75 bucks because of the playoffs just started, it's discounted. So it was 20 bucks. Okay. So I was like, That's I can't awesome. pass it up. I'll play some play some hockey, but uh, yeah, I, I, I had some good time. It wasn't necessarily the lake. It's been rainy up here, so it's kind of a little bit, a little bit dreary. But how, on that lake, how did you, uh, did you hydrate with a lot of just, uh, just water, right? You just had water. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, water, water, and Shirley Temples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Water, uh, water with some uh, now, some yeast. I, uh, I I probably had a, I probably had a, a few drinks. So we'll just put it that way. There we go. But there um, go. it was funny being out there. Uh, uh, funny story here. We're out there. Uh, we uh, it was me and a bunch of people. We rented a, a pontoon boat or whatever, and we're going around and stuff. And uh, 
I swear to God, these two ducks were like stalking our boat, like the same two ducks. We we thought we lost them. We get to another cove, and these two ducks would show up, and they were following us the entire day. And I could not, I could not get over the fact that these ducks were following us all across Percy Priest Lake. I'm like, we can't, we can't lose these ducks. That's and funny. I immediately thought, well, it's Anaheim, you know, maybe it's the Anaheim Ducks. They didn't make the playoffs. They're pissed off. No, I don't know. Uh, it was there. weird. It was yeah. weird either way. These ducks were following us all day on this, at least, uh, on this pontoon was, boat. At least it was ducks, not geese. Geese hold grudges. I have, oh, I yeah. have geese outside oh, our gosh, back. Man, our back they're garage. just jerks. With them. <laughs> they are. They. I mean, and they've, they've picked on – we've got two pugs, and so they've picked on our pugs before. Um, yeah. And our pugs are like the friendliest dogs you ever meet, but they'll get way too close to them. I'm like, all right, y'all got to come back here. Those, those geese aren't messing around. They'll snatch you up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mike Twitter. Mike Twitter's on here. He said – he got to do Speaking. some indoor dining this weekend for the first time since March. Nice. So he got to go out nice. and enjoy, enjoy some awesome. getting to eat out again. That's awesome. There you man. go. That's good to hear. Good to hear. That's awesome, yeah. Speaking of which, we got to throw some love to uh, Fang Fingers by So Nashville. They came up with a new shirt. Fish throwing yeah. morons is the new uh, is the new hashtag. We're a bunch of we're a bunch of fish throwing morons. Uh, they always yeah. come up with the awesome shirts. I don't know if anyone saw it on Twitter, but this uh this guy got on Twitter, and I don't know how it started. I, you go back and look it up. It won't take that long. But yeah. he basically just uh, hashtagged us as fish-throwing morons. And so, hangers uh, yeah. by So Nashville, who did our Stashville shirts. Uh, welcome to Stashville shirts or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They took it and ran with it. Came up with they the did. fish. Uh, and I just love it. I love it. Yeah. You would think that the bunch of jerks crowd would know better than to try to give ammunition to someone. Like that's yeah. just such a right. that's so that's so easy. Well, if you look at it, everybody started telling him. You know, like everybody started talking about like Catfish Jake was in there. He was like, "Yeah, uh, throwing that catfish on the ice has helped raise money for to fight cancer." And the guy kind of like shrunk back a little bit after he started getting some. Well, and, 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 and to, yeah, to, to give the guy to get to give the guy credit, he was a good sport and kind of oh, like. Yeah. Uh, they kind of joked around, so we're not throwing shade at him. But at the same time, come on now, say s- spare me with the cheesy hashtags, like please. Anytime yeah. you have to go out of your way to come up with some cheesy ha- hashtag like that, like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Well, but anyway, now, we'll move on past well, now, that. I was gonna say now he's giving a local business a way to make some profit off of his his own words. Yeah. So and that's yeah. all it all well. started. It all started thing. with the with that car with the car that they smashed down on the. In that's what the it arena. was. I couldn't remember yeah. where it started from. Yeah, it was the it was yeah. the it was the, uh, the awesome smash, smash car. That it, it's yeah. always it's always been a Preds playoff t- uh, tradition. They put the the uh, pre, uh, the smash car out there of the other team right in front of Brewer. Yeah. You donate to charity for it if yep. you want to hit the car. And so uh, that's what started off. That's right. Forgot yeah, about that. Yeah. But um, all right. So we're ready. We're ready for the smash car. Even if we're down 2-0 in the series, we are we are so ready for that smash car. And uh, we're ready for playoff hockey on Friday and, and Sunday this weekend in Smashville. So uh, let, let's let's talk about how we can get a split here. Because I think the Preds definitely have to get a split. Going down, going back to coming back to Nashville down 2-0. I think the Preds can win in, in Nashville, but down 2-0, their chances are going to be pretty slim if they can win the series, in my opinion. But um, mm-hmm. I, I think the elephant in the room here is they've got to generate more offensive zone time. they got to figure out a way to do it. they got to change some things up. Uh, and a big part of that is not being in the penalty box as much. You spend all that energy having to kill off penalties. Even if you're successful, it's still going to wear you down. So I think I start there. 
And then, of course, we think we know the Carolina Hurricanes are going to commit penalties. We know we're going to get our chances. So yeah. that those are your two areas right there that you can really get a win here. Yeah. What I about you, Rich? Me, uh, oh, go ahead, Colin. Or go go ahead, Colin. I think for me, it starts with the lineup. Uh, we need to infuse yeah. some speed in the lineup, and we need to make sure. I mean. I'm sorry, but Gabranson and Harper, like oh, I, I said earlier, Gabranson did have a very good game. I don't mm-hmm. give him the credit there. But putting him with Harper, I mean, Harper got burnt all night. That's like putting a log with a slower log. Like, why <laughs> Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, we always have really good balance. I mean, Yossi is probably our best all-around defender. So having Ellis with him just gives that, you know, that line, that pairing of speed, you know, a speed element to it, but also very sound defense. But otherwise, you know, with our, with Ekholm. Ekholm's not a speed guy. He's a power guy. But he always has a speed guy with him. That's Carrier for, for this, you know, and for all these intents and purposes. For that third pairing, like, Benning is not necessarily a speed guy, but he's a hell of a lot faster than either of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also got some experience. I, I don't know what's going on with Fabro. Uh, you know, even give me give me David Ference. Like just that we can't roll that that same duo out, especially with the third pairing getting as much time as they've gotten. Um, I mean, we need them to be solid. And, and when the especially on a night where Yossi and Ellis struggle, we need the third pairing to be solid. So that's one part of it. And then the other part is the speed on the offensive mm-hmm. side of things. Like we have to get through transition. Um, you know, in, in the power play, I think one person on the power play has to be told in an obvious, obvious answer, but like you have to be able to create some chances. And I know that he's been in a slump, but the only way you get out of a slump is by keep you keep trying. And him riding the pine is not gonna help. And then for me, Rocco. Like Rocco gets in the zone. He does. I mean, yes, he is a little bit of a liability on defense, although got a short-handed goal last time he was on the penalty kill. So maybe that's his, his, maybe he's got a secret talent that he's been working on on the sides there, but we need his speed. When you saw it, we were not fast enough to get to the neutral zone. It wasn't that we lacked skill. We did. It's just that when we passed one guy, there was another guy there to poke check the puck away. Rocco doesn't get poke checked out of the zone. He's going to get it in. He'll get it in deep. He'll get us in the four check, and he'll be able to, you know, do something for us with the with the defensive pairing that's out there and create some opportunities. And that's that's what we need is the same offense. We never got a rebound shot. We never got you know anything that was really down close other than Forsberg shot uh, and then Hollis snipe. Like we need to create some more offense for ourselves. And for me, I, I would really love to see Rocco back in there at the very mm-hmm. very least. I think Tolvin yeah. um, just because of what he brings to the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed. With uh, so I know Olivier was the original one of the herd line guys, uh, but I was a little disappointed to see him move Janot off that fourth line. That's yeah. the one that always sets the tone, and I just don't understand why you would upset the apple cart when it was doing so well and just make those changes. And I know he's just trying to find some spark or whatever, but I just don't agree with with that line. And then I guess y'all can talk about the first line. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, so I, go, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, I uh, totally agree about the speed factor. We looked so slow out there. We mm-hmm. we just looked like like just like molasses out there. Like we just couldn't move. Like so, like we're working in slow motion. And it, that's what made this game so hard to watch is it was like we were just it was a it seemed like a mini miracle that we were tied 2 to 2 going into the third mm-hmm. period because it was almost like the, the team was just treading water. They were just like oh, oh my god can we just figure out a way to win this game ugly? Like just yeah, yeah. somehow you got to win. And uh, it just, the bottom fell out. So they, they we got to get some speed in this lineup. We've got to inject some speed. So Rocco Grimaldi is the first player you're thinking of. First player. I'm, I said that in episode 44, the last episode, talking about the previewing this entire series. I said, if there's any problems in game one, when it comes to speed and offense, 
you Rocco Grimaldi is the first player I'm putting in. And that's exactly where I find myself at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, like, I I love Matthew Olivier. I love what he brings to the team. I, I'm very thankful for what he got us through in terms of going through the injury injuries, being able to form the herd line. That being said, I think that you don't start him and Tanner Janot. I think you do yeah. one or the other, and maybe you rotate those guys, keep the bodies fresh so that they can lay the lumber down when they need to. Um, but I think Tanner Janot belongs on the on the herd line with Colton Citizens, with Yakov Tran. They have chemistry. Like It just looks like it's, it's a physical gritty line, but at the same time, there's some chemistry underlying the kind yeah. of work that they do. And him beside Eric Hall and Matt Deshane – it just yeah. doesn't fit, and I don't think I'd, I'd see Matthew Olivier fitting there either. Personally, I think that a Rocco Grimaldi possibly could be better there, uh, better suited there. And then, you know, Cali Arnkirk, maybe you know it's Cali being you know scratched for Tolvanen. I, I don't know that one either. Uh, Although I really like Tolvanen with Philip Forsberg that. and Johansson. I that's a tough one because it's like okay, where do we put Tolvanen? Because you know with Cali Arnkirk, I mean he he has got some wheels too. The guy was trying to prevent some icing calls tonight. And he was burning it, so it's it's hard to take him out. So do we take Victor Arvidsson out? Like, who do you take out to put you know Ellie Tolvanen in? So I get that Hines did not have an easy decision to make, but I think he that did. we need some speed, You're we right need about some that. offense. Uh, I think the, the, the step one for that comes from either taking out uh, Janot or Olivier. Personally, I would do Olivier. I would leave Janot yeah. in uh, and keep the uh, the third that third or that uh, herd line together as is. He had a he had a tough decision mm-hmm. to make. But he should have at least rolled out what they did on Saturday, maybe, just to see how that went before I go changing everything around. You know, roll out what you roll out what's worked, and then yeah. go from well, there. Well, and here's another thing: is okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say give a bold take here, but I know this is not traditional, and this puts us at also a hindrance for sacrificing something for speed and offense. But tonight, you look at what we lacked, and it was it was speed and offense, and really being able mm-hmm. to get back at it, get get to what we need to do. I, and you guys probably are just going to disagree with this. I would even entertain the possibility of not going with Harper, not going with Benning, not going with Branson, but putting Fabra back in there, uh, going with five defensemen and 17 forwards. And that way you have a space for Tolman and Yarn Crook and Rocco. And you have a lot of fresh legs, a lot of fresh sticks, a lot of fresh minds. The defense is going to be stretched a little bit, but. We have two. We have two Corsi-rated, you know, top ten Corsi-rated mm-hmm. defensemen in Ellis and, and Yossi. They need to step up. Ekholm is very well-rated. He needs to step up. Fabro, if he can get back to form, will be really good. You know, I think that Carrier has played. Carrier is probably one of. If, it was good Branson and Carrier tonight that were really leading the defense yeah. in terms of mm-hmm. Carrier was getting the puck into the zone. Branson, I'm shocked to see his own entries. Um, but those guys were really getting yeah. after it. But, you know, I, I think that that might be a possibility, especially if we need to infuse some some speed and some youth into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think we're going to see a shakeup of the roster for game two. I, um, I could totally see Olivier coming out of the lineup. I could even see uh, – Man, I could see Trenton coming out of the lineup. I could. I I don't want to see Janot out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I think he brings too much. Uh, like like Rich was saying, move him back down to the to the fourth line maybe. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I want to find room for Grimaldi, and I want to find room for Tolvanen. And I know it's going to be hard for to find room for both of them without having to pull somebody else out. Obviously, so it's a tough it's it's a tough decision. But and I think a lot out. of people. A lot of people yeah. were really upset, rightfully so, to not see Tolvanen. And I can tell you right now, my my projected lineup was top line of Tolvanen, Forsberg, and Johansson. Shows how much I know. Um, so um, that was tough. So 
it's we're, we're gonna have to wait and see what Hines does here to shake up this lineup. I expect it to be changed yeah, quite know, quite significantly. Yeah, I, I know the first line, you know, that's the important one or whatever, but he put, you know, Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson together. They they said before the game that they've only been together for like three minutes the whole season. And yeah, I just well, no, you're just trying to rekindle something that's just not I love there. the Jofa line. It, yeah, it's not ridiculous. there. We've talked about this. We've talked mm-hmm. about this. That that ship is sa- that ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. why they want to keep digging that up and thinking it's gonna I don't know what they see in it. It's it's mm-hmm. there you've got other I don't know. I just I don't mean, understand. What did, what did Victor Arvidsson show you in his return to injury that shows that he was ready to be back in the top line? I just he don't didn't, he did not he did not look hundred percent tonight at all. No. Yeah. And yeah, so that's where I'm almost at the point. Yeah, I'm at the point where it's like, you know, if, if Arvidsson's not ready to go, like, let's not force it. Maybe that's where we tell, you know, obviously Tolman slides back into that top role, that top one. I would, I would, then totally, Rocco, I would totally, I would totally take Rocco Grimaldi, in, uh, 100% Rocco Grimaldi over a 75%, 80% Arvidsson. Give me Grimaldi. Yeah. Well, and that's my thought process is you put, uh, you put RV in at a, you know, you put you take RV out and you put uh, you know Tolvanen in for his spot in that top line because I think him, Forsberg, and Johansson have been doing well together. Unless you want to get crazy again and put Matt Duchesne on that top line wing yes. with Johansson, that was kind of fun. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It, I um, wouldn't be surprised but, if they did that. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if he did that. They were creative. They that was the most creative line we've seen all season. So I'll give them that. But then uh, you know, beyond that, you take out Olivier, you move Tanner Geno back to his natural position on that herd line, and then you put Rocco Grimaldi with Halla and Matt Duchesne, and that could be some really it could be a that'll be a fast line, but that'll be a very interesting line to watch. It was not it was not a pretty game for any of our veteran quote unquote stars tonight. No. Grandland no. was pretty non existent. Johansson had a horrible defensive game. Uh Yarn Croak was kept was pretty kept in check. I mean, it was just. I mean, Duchesne had a decent game. I, I saw him out there skating and make, trying to make things happen. So I'm not going to really uh, go after him. Forsberg, of course, scored the goal. Eric Hollis scored the second goal. Her, Eric Hollis probably the, the 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 player of the game for me. If you're talking about the Preds, yeah, I think um, so. but for the most, but our stars did not show up. Our top players, our highest paid players, did not really show up for this game, and yeah, that's what even really great. hurts you. Well, I gotta credit Mike Twitter here because he even said even Granlin and, and Granlin absolutely. Like, no, Granlin he was whiffed, he was quiet. Granlin whiffed and Granlin there was a wide open yeah. net puck right in front of him and Granlin whiffed and he didn't do that earlier in the season. He used to bury those back when there was discussions that he might be traded. I don't know if he just needs to think that he might be <laughs> traded again to get motivated, but he has not looked the same since the trade deadline. That's something I've noticed. And Granny's got to figure it out. Like he, if he's gonna be the second line here's, center, he's got to do it. Yeah. Here's here's glass half full right here. The fact that none of our stars. And our top highest paid players were playing well in this game, and we were still there able to win it in the third period, being tied two to two. That's something you can take with you. You've got to hope and expect these players to not play as bad in game two. They're going to make up for it. That's why they're the highly skilled players that they are. You can't, you got to expect Yossi to have a much better game. You got to expect Ellis to have a much better game. You got to expect Ryan Johansson to have a better response, uh, Grandland as well. And so if those players come back and play a lot better, then – and you can still figure out a way to play that well defensively as far as being strong on the penalty kill, then maybe they still have a chance to steal game two. That's where – that's kind of like glass half full mentality, but – 
you, you, know, you play you know. pissed off, but you play smart. I think that's kind of been something the mindset, but also, you know, going into Wednesday, like, hey, let's get Chad a birthday present, right? It's your birthday on Thursday. Yes. Oh, yeah. Come on, Fred. Yes. I like on, the Prez. way you think. That's Early right. I like present. the way you think. That would that would actually be an amazing birthday gift. I would take that. That'd probably be one of the best things I could get, honestly, is just seeing them win in Carolina because that I would, would love amazing. their chances coming into uh, Friday at Bridgestone Arena if they split in Carolina. So there's no reason to be doom and gloom mm-hmm. right here. You lose yep. game one. Okay, you're heavy underdogs as it is. So right now all that happened is the Canes held serve. They did what they're supposed to do, which is they're the top seed and they won at home in game one. So the Preds are still the team. They can go out and steal a game right now. And that, what do they always say? The series doesn't really start till the road team wins. Yep. So let's get a win. It's not doom and gloom just yet. All right. So this is episode 45 of the Catfish and Ice podcast playoff reaction. It feels so good, even after a loss, to be talking playoff hockey right now. Real quick, before we wrap up episode 45, I want to talk a little bit about the playoffs, the other playoff games that we watched over the weekend, what stood out. Here's the game I got to tell you that stood out to me, and I could not get enough of it. There were a bunch of games you could pick from. They were all great. They were all great games. They were all great. But if you make me pick one where I was like, oh, my gosh, I could not get enough of this game, it was Tampa Bay and Florida. That yeah. was such exciting hockey. It was. I mean, it was just back and forth. You know the rivalry, two Florida teams going at it, uh, two very highly skilled offensive teams just trading blows. Uh, poor Bobrovsky's out there making some good saves, but he can only do so much. Uh, Vasilevsky had a little bit of cracks there. He did. Um, it was just a great – I. I'm a, I'm starting to I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm a fan of the Panthers. Obviously, they're a divisional opponent, but they're a fun team to watch. They're growing on me. Yeah, um, I was I was the other if, night. If, if the Preds, well, I know. Yeah, we uh, Rich's hatred for the Tampa Bay Lightning is very well noted <laughs> on this podcast. But that not was that a I'd really exciting their, game. Not that I'd say it to their face. Oh yeah, yeah I. I personally, my, my favorite personal favorite so far has been you know, Minnesota Wild and Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Um, I'm a little sad because I, I think that, you know, Mark, uh, Mark, Mark on the floor, he had a, such a good game and to lose it the way he lost it. It was so yeah. frustrating. I felt bad for him because he's played an incredible season. Um, he'll probably hopefully be in the front the best finalists. Uh, I don't think he'll win it, but it'll be at least in the finalist you know, category, but and he played. See, it was one of those things where it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. He played such a solid game, and then to lose it the way they did, yeah. you know, it, it, I hate it for him. But you know, I think that Vegas is Vegas. That they're in that position yeah. for a reason, and it's gonna make they're gonna make it a tough series. But Talbot had a good game too because he had all, Talbot, he had more yeah. saves had than Flurry. Like yeah, Talbot, Talbot, Talbot had forty plus saves to to yeah. uh, shut out uh, shut out Vegas. So yeah. what what are the numbers from him? Yeah. In the first three, the first three games, there was a little bit of history. They said that was the first time that all the first three games, all three went to overtime. So that was kind of cool. Wow, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that was the first time. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and then, uh, how about Tro- how quick, about Trotzy though? There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trotzy's. Yeah, I mean, hey, he just the guy just doesn't stop playoff Trotzy. <laughs> absolutely. It. So yeah, the Islanders got the win in overtime over the Penguins. We love to see that. And yep. then uh, just update you on the action going on right now as we record. Uh, the Bruins tied the series with the Capitals, so that's uh, awesome to see there. Uh, let's see, did our guy, did our guy Smitty? Did he get in the uh, Craig Smith got a got a got an assist? 
in the game, so good for him. Uh, so that series is tied one to one, and then you've got the Blues and Avalanche playing game one, and it's tied one to one right now. Coming up mm. on the second intermission here pretty wow. soon. So uh, there you have it. There, uh, yeah. So we got it. It's, it's, it's just going to keep getting fun. We're, one thing, real quick, before we uh, we usually have to do a poll question for the podcast, and let me pull this poll question up real quick uh, that we uh, shared over the weekend. Basically saying, other than the Hurricanes, because that's the obvious team that none of us wants to see have success, but other than them, what's the one team we just don't want to see have success the most? Let me uh, go ahead and find this poll real quick. i got to scroll back a little bit here. Well, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't look twice. There was two teams so here, on there I didn't work. Yeah, so, uh, so I put, uh, we're feeling salty before game one for the Predge. What Which team do you want to see have playoff failure the most? Not counting the Hurricanes because that yeah that's obvious. And so our our choices were the Penguins, the Blues, the Lightning, or we had a spot there for other. And so let's let's run through the comments real quick. Uh, fellow Predlines.com writer Max Greenberg put the Blues. Then the Blackhawks have always been my two least favorite teams in the league. I'm right there with Max on that one actually. Uh, LeClaire, 1995, put Montreal, which is kind of – come on now. You can't be throwing shade at our boy Shea oh, Weber. Um, the, hockey, no, yeah. the, the, uh, the hockey riders, Red Wings, put usually Penguins, probably Maple Leafs this year. And then uh, Col- Coliseum Chronicles put, since my team is playing Pittsburgh, they're the obvious choice. Outside of that, a first-round exit by Toronto would be fun. So, okay. Uh, but the, in the poll – in the poll, the Penguins won 37%. Blues were 16%. Lightning, 23%. Other was 23%. So, uh, no shocker there that the Preds fans uh, mostly voted for the Penguins. If so, anybody's uh, going to knock the Penguins out, though, first round, it would totally be a Trotsy Islanders team. That's, oh, the, I, that's been their identity yeah, the last yeah, two years. I hope, I hope that happens. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm all for that. For sure. Yeah. So that would be awesome. Don't hang your heads too low, Press fans. It's, it's just one game. I know it was a hard game to watch. We're here for you. That's one yeah. thing me, Colin, and Rich are. We we were here for you through the dark ages of the first part <laughs> of the regular season. And we're not we're not gonna yep. desert you now. We're not gonna January. desert you now. We are here January for you. March. <laughs> we're here for you. Keep following us along. We're gonna we're gonna get ready for game three on Wednesday or game two on Wednesday. Uh, our next episode comes to you on Thursday night, streaming live to talk about game two, and then we will get ready also for the weekend in Smashville for games three and four. So keep following along the podcast. We really appreciate definitely appreciate you. Anything else you guys got for me uh, before we uh, head out? Let's go Preds. Go Preds. That's about it. Just change up those lines. Hansy. Change up those lines. Yep. Got to do that. That's what we need. Yep, definitely. All right. All right, everyone. So we really appreciate you. This has been the Catfish and Ice Podcast, episode 45, presented by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our promo code THPN for all new users to get in on the NBA playoff action and have a lot of fun winning some money there. Uh, Until then, we will see you later this week. See you later, Mike Twitter. We always appreciate you yep. watching the podcast and commenting. You're yep, busy. Definitely. Let's go ahead and get a Wednesday.
And on Thursday, we'll talk to everyone else on Thursday. Follow along at Catfish Ice on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Interact with us there. And until next time, everyone have a great week. We'll see you later this week. Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys. This hack brings you high energy. They score! Connor McMichael has ended the game! Unfiltered. Look, Herco's really going to have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations. You have a fan base that is old, stubborn, and very reluctant to change. Not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change. And at times, unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP, Armani suits, and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G-R-I-T, and B-E-A-R-I-T P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts. Part of the Hockey Podcast Network.